I think we got a really good chance of of having a special season. I, I, I like what I'm seeing like behind the scenes of this team kind of coming together um, with with a kind of an urgency and an int- intensity that hopefully serves us well. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're early April right now and and we got to go prove it. Well, Flip, that is Yankees manager Aaron Boone appearing on the Michael K show earlier this week, talking about the upcoming Yankees season. And as expected, he feels good about his team. He went so far as to say they have a really good chance of, quote, having a special season. And we know what that means in manager speak. That means he thinks they're going to the World Series, which I appreciate. But what I want to know from you, Flip, how do you feel about this Yankees team? And I don't want the long, big overview. I just want a quick, how do you feel about the team? Oh, and let's let's do it this way. This way it'll be quicker. On a scale of one to ten, how do you feel about the team? One being the nineteen ninety Yankees, ten being the nineteen ninety eight Yankees. Six. Six. Okay, I like that. I'm a little higher, probably more around a seven, seven five. But let's unpack your six a little bit. Uh-huh. I, I don't think it's that wild. Like they won ninety two games last year, and last year, I think they're an improved team from last year. Right. And are the, here's, here's the way I would answer this, though. I would say to you, are the Blue Jays a better team than they were a year ago? Yes. Uh, is Tampa Bay at least as good as they were a year ago? I, I've never gone into a season and given Tampa Bay respect, and I'm not going to do it now. I'm wrong every year, but I don't okay. see it in Tampa Bay. You don't? Wow. Okay. I see Tampa Bay as a 92-win team. I think 92. 90- Three wins wins the division. Right. And how do you see the Red Sox? I think they're lesser than the th- three teams that we just mentioned. Okay. So we, we, are, we are in a bit of a disagreement. I, where, I, where I see is this. I see that the Yankees have a good baseball team. I do think that they're not done yet. When I say done yet, I think they're going to be um, a work in progress in some respects. As the season goes along, I think there'll be moves that they will make. Uh, I think some things are going to have to unfold for them. I think that they have some big question marks. And if the question marks get become exclamation points, then this team could be your seven that you're talking about. If they're not exclamation points and they remain question marks, the Yankees will struggle. And because, because I think the other teams are good. I, th- I think, I think the, the Toronto could be in the World Series. Um, I think uh, Tampa Bay is very good. I think the Red Sox are a good team as well. You know, I, I, I do think they might be using another pitcher somewhere in their starting rotation. Maybe you do, but everybody needs starting pitching, and the Yankees certainly need that. They're going to need that too. So, to as your question, it's you know, who knows? I mean, this is the time of year where you just roll the dice. You know, you, you it's a crystal ball, and you know, so many teams get picked this time of year, and they don't they don't turn out to have the year everybody thought they'd have. And then inevitably, one or two teams come out of nowhere. And give it a run, and you say like they become Cinderella teams. They become I wouldn't say St. Peter's, but they become you know they become interesting teams. So that's that's what happens this time of year. I like the Yankees in some respects. I like some of their personnel, but I do think that they're going to have to have. There's not a lot of margin for error for the Yankees to have a big season. The Yankees the, the Yankees can't afford to make mistakes. They gave away so many games last year, and they wound up costing them dearly. By the fact that they wound up going to Boston for a wild card game. I mean, they must have given away a dozen games last year that they should have won. They can't do that and, and expect they're going to be successful. They got to win the games that they were given away. 
That means they got to play tighter defense. They got to pitch better. They got to get you some hits when it matters, some timely hitting. Those things have to happen for them. Like any other thing, good things have to happen. If those things happen, the Yankees could 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 really make have an interesting year for sure. Well, we'll dive deeper into that and unpack it a little bit. Before we do, let's introduce ourselves. I am Kevin Sullivan from the digital media department here at Yes, alongside, as always, sports broadcasting Hall of Famer, Mr. John J. Filippelli. Flip, how are you today? I am just great. How are you today, Kev? I'm good. Do you like my mad dog impersonation? I Oh, is that who it was? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a segue. I'm trying to segue into our opening day coverage. That was really good. I mean, I no, I didn't. I couldn't quite put that together, but now I can do one more. Give me one more time. Give me, hey, Mikey. Hey, Mikey. <laughs> All I could do is, how are you today? It's the Mike and the Mad Dog radio program. Hey, 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 Mikey. April 7th. <laughs> Wait, we do it. <laughs> oh you're hilarious yeah. so yeah sure so, yes you want we, to talk about that for a minute or? yeah opening day we have many many huge names one mike and our not mike just mad dog uh yeah. how'd that come about how'd you get mad dog it was very difficult i picked up the phone and i called him <laughs> I said, mike no not mike i couldn't get mike i said chris uh would you be on our show it's a 20th anniversary actually 21st now yes and uh, we, we'd love to have you be part of this thing. He said, absolutely, I'll do it in a minute. So he was very gracious about it. And I, we tried to get a hold of Mike. It didn't quite work out, Francesca. So you know, whatever. But we've got at least half of them. we got one of them. Well, from my experience with Mad Dog, that tracks. Because he's just such an easy guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> Russo's a tremendous guy. And uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It was fun knowing him all the years. And it's fun having him on our show. It will be. And we've got other people we're bringing back for the Kenny Singleton's going to come back. Kenny Singleton retired now. He's, he's not unretired. He's going to come back. He's never now. leaving. He's never going to leave, which is good. We don't want him. To leave. So he's coming back. Jim Cott, who is part of our history for uh, the beginning, the first first half of Yes, and, and is going into two Hall of Fames, both as a broadcaster in one and then as a, as a player in another, and uh, that he deserves those honors. So he's going to come back, and uh, so that will be, you know, be an interesting seg- segment for sure. And um, oh, we have lots of other surprises and things up our sleeve. I don't want to give too much away, just to say that it's going to be fun. We have a lot of special guests coming, and uh, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be so historic. It's a four-hour pregame show. In terms of a baseball pregame show, I don't know that no one's ever done a four-hour pregame show. It's the biggest pregame show in the history of RSNs. Of regional sports networks. That's our, our uh, Yes, yes. Regional sports networks. Yes. yes. Wow. Um, a lot. It's going to be the most stupendous four-hour pregame you've ever seen. That I've ever seen or that the most people have ever seen? That anybody's ever seen. I've never seen a four-hour pregame show, so this is going to be a start. <laughs> Good, well played, John Just Boy. Like, John Boy will be on. John Boy will be on. Those of you who don't know John Boy, you should. You'll you'll get to know him on this, and you'll like him. And you know, we've got a lot of interesting things up our sleeve. That's kind of what we do here, and um, we've had some new additions to our broadcasting staff as well, and they'll be involved, and it's gonna be fun. Well, if you're listening before Friday, don't miss it. Coverage begins 9 a.m. 9 a.m. It's a supersized pregame. Friday morning, 9 a.m. If you're listening after Friday, I guess get in your DeLorean, go 88 miles per hour and head to Thursday so that all of this makes sense. Um, one more broadcasting lesson. We talked about the segue a little earlier. Let's talk about the tease. A tease is something that you tell your listeners you're going to tell later in the show. Um, 
I can say that we have a tease about curtain call that we're going to talk about later in the show. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, we have a, we're going to talk about curtain call, the, just the big picture of curtain call later in the show. Oh, really? Like, like, like what? Well, it's a tease. You have to. <laughs> oh, I see. You don't want the. You don't want our audience to know. Well, I, I want them to know later. Okay, so they have to stick around. This is like big news, folks. So you you want to stick around for this? It's uh, it's like some of the biggest news we've had in the history of our show. So it may be the biggest actually. So uh, stick around for it. I think uh, you will be uh, uh, it'll be a revelation for you. So please don't go anywhere. Until then, Flip. Let's talk pitching. Uh, I feel like every year at this time, I hear the same thing. Oh, we don't have enough pitching. I'm hearing it again this year on Twitter, but I I think I kind of disagree. I think it's a lot like there's a lot of muscle memory here that fan bases just say, oh, we need more pitching. Um, I'm actually okay with the Yankees pitching. Where are you? Well, they don't have any depth, you know, unless they can get help from the minors, you know, we've been waiting on Garcia now and Garcia is now back in the minors. Uh, Schmidt didn't make the team, you know, so there's another name that we wanted to see, you know, up and then play in here and, you know, there's a couple of other names that we've really, you know, been following and they're just not major league ready at this point. Now, it doesn't mean they won't be come the middle of the season or, you know, they have a couple of good starts in the minors and all of a sudden that gets accelerated. Their progress gets accelerated. Could be, who knows? Uh, but right now they don't have help from the minors and the, the, the appreciable help from the minors. So if you're not getting it there and you really can't sign it, and there's no players that pitchers of, of, of real note left to sign. You know, they're done now, right? So where are you going to get help? Maybe through trades, but, you know, but to trade for starting pitching particularly is going to cost you just a boatload of prospects because it's such a rare commodity and it's so hard to find a good starting pitcher that you're really going to make a difference in your team that they command the King's ransom. So, you know, the Yankees have put an interesting spot. They just don't have depth. And, you know, people get hurt. I mean, you know, you look at, you know, the history of I mean, Severino has been, has been hurt. And Tyone has been hurt. And, you know, and Montgomery has been hurt. And, uh, you know, and uh, uh, Cortez, uh, you know, is, uh, is, is in the starting rotation, but certainly is his first year as a starter in the rotation. So this question marks there. And so you start looking at the top of the rotation, the bottom of the rotation, there's talent for sure, but there's also question marks for sure. And for the Yankees to, again, given that the, the powerhouse that that division is now, I mean, all those teams hit. The Red Sox can hit. They can, the Blue Jays can massacre the ball, and the Rays, the Rays can hit. And the Orioles, I don't know. I don't know where the Orioles are. I know that's your team, Kev. I know that. I don't know exactly <laughs> where they are. I think they're in year twenty-one of their five-year rebuilding program. But I, I don't know exactly where the heck they are. But any which way. And by the way, they always give the Yankees a hard time. So, you know, so you look at the division and you go like, this is not a pretty sight. You know, you Yankee again. The Yankees have talent, and the Yankees could do okay. But everything has to kind of break right for them. And that's what you have to hope for here. I agree. There are question marks. Um, but I take a little bit of a non-traditional look at the rotation, um, which is probably why I'm talking about it instead of actually managing the team. But everybody talks about the one, two, and three pitchers. And yes, a lot of things have to go right there. But I don't think people put enough stock in the six, seven, and eight pitchers. 
like you need depth and i don't think anybody has as much depth as better six seven eight nine as the yankees Luis Heal, David Garcia, Domingo Herman, Michael King, Clark Schmidt. Like that is a deep rotation. Yes. But but here's my question to you. Why are they not starting the season? Where is right. Herman? Where is Heal? Where I mean, if they were, if the Yankees had unshakable faith in them right now that they could do what the Yankees need done, they would be on the roster. Fair. Good point. That's my only thing. And by the way, it doesn't mean that those guys are not talents. They are. They are. They, I mean, Heel particularly is interesting to me. But they have, they have, you know, they have some good talent there. They just haven't been able to harness it consistently. And if they can figure out a way to harness one of those guys, two of those guys, this could be a very different Yankee rotation and a very different team. But they've got to be able to come up and consistently show what they can do. This isn't about inconsistency. This is about consistency. If they can show consistency. The Yankees might be okay in terms of their pitch, they're starting pitching. If they can't, like right now, they're not. If they were, if they could help, they would be here. So obviously, they're not ready to help in the level of which they need to help. So it's kind of an interesting situation for sure. But if, but the answer to the question is, if they can pitch up to the, their abilities so with the scouts think they have, uh, and and they can be tremendous help to the Yankees. But they they have to be given the position to do so, and they're going to have to be able to pitch up to their capabilities and not down to their to their to the parts of their game that are liabilities. Where are you on the bullpen? Uh, bullpen's okay. I I I I think that they they always spend money to the Yankees on their bullpen because they realize how important the bullpen is, particularly like the middle of a pen is really important these days because you're not going to get it's hard to get six innings out of starters these days. So you just say, who's well, okay, if you get six, who's pitching? If you, if you get five, who's pitching six? Who's pitching seven? Who's pitching eight? You know, he's usually pitching nine, right? But but then you go, okay, who gets six, seven, eight? It's just it's just it's a lot of outs that have to get made. That you have to get a, a, for your bullpen to do, and again, if you're doing that consistently every day, going to your pen for multiple outs like that, you're going to burn a pen out, and then you got a problem that way. So you got to be able to manage a bullpen, and you have to be able to have depth to a bullpen. And I think the Yankees have the ability to manage a bullpen. I think Aaron Boone understands how to manage a bullpen. I, I also think that he's got, you know, he's got some really good relievers down there. So I, I like the Yankee bullpen, and I think that's a, a strong part of the team. It will be. Um, you know, uh, you know, Chapman sometimes is hot and cold. You get Chapman when he's hot, he's, he's as good as there is. But sometimes he's not hot, and he runs through those streaks, and you got to be able to weather those streaks with him. I'll tell you, not having Zach Britton hurts. Um, yes. I love Loisaga. Like closer someday. I would think so. I mean, he someday, any day, you pick it. I mean, he's he's maybe the best thing we've got down there. I mean, he's an amazing. He's a weapon for sure. I remember when we had Buck Showalter working with us, and I remember Buck saying to me, "He goes, that's the most important weapon they have right there." It's Loisaga, and he's oh, not. Buck said there. that. Oh yeah. You know, and then you know, Buck knows his stuff. So I would say. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't disagree with him. I mean, well, the Weissakers is, I think, is as good as they come. And every time you need a big out, he, he usually gets it for you. And, uh, you know, he's got great stuff. And, uh, you know, he's got, you know, he's got starter stuff for sure. I don't know that the Yankees want to go in that direction because, I, you know, again, can, what you could do over an out or an inning or two innings or even three innings doesn't mean if you, you can do it for five or six or seven innings. So I don't know that uh, that's where his future is in, in multiple innings like that. But in terms of being able to give you an inning, maybe two, 
he becomes invaluable. Those guys who can give you that extra inning now, the way the rosters are constructed are so important. They can get a guy who can give you an extra inning and not feel like it's, you know, he's heavy lifting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I also found it interesting that Clark Schmidt made the team as reliever. My, my get only guess is that the, the starting rotation is as stretched out as they need. So they need someone who could throw innings. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing is, you know, you could, you, you could go from the bullpen to the starting thing, you know, it's hard to go the other way, you know, but, but the, the reality is that if they put him in the pen and he starts the season there and he's giving you inning here and inning there, whatever, that's kind of like a spring situation, right? So you're doing spring training. Nobody goes out there and pitches five innings or six innings or seven innings, but they put you an inning here, two innings there, whatever. And, you know, if, he, if his arm is you know strong enough for that, it's interesting that because and again, he may also be an insurance starter for them. You know, if something were to happen, they'll stretch him out enough where they could go to an emergency situation. You know, you could do the, you know, the opener thing with him if they decide they want to do an opener thing. You know, there's lots of things that he might be able to contribute to them. You know, and he's a good young talent, but so far he's oh, just no doubt. been hurt. He's been inconsistent. And so this is a good opportunity for him to finally show what he can do, maybe. All right. We talked pitching. We'll get to the other side of the ball. But before we do, I want to bring it back to yes for a moment. Uh, you were in Tampa. You were at spring training. You had the chance to work with both both Carlos Beltran and Cameron Maven. Uh, what have you seen from them so far? Um, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot to know that to make me feel that our 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 faith in them uh, to be part of our of the yes booth was very justified. Um, Cameron Maven has an incredible sense of humor. He lights up a screen. He just presence just lights up a screen. Um, he knows the game. He's a contemporary because he's just just retired just you know, weeks ago, literally. And um, and a lot of players gravitate to him. And as Brian Cashman told me, and Aaron Boone told me too. I mean, if he didn't take a broadcasting job, he if he noticed he decided not to come work with us or work with broadcasting, they would have made him an offer to coach, be part of the the coaching staff because they think that much of him that they want him teaching people because he's very relatable and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's egoless and he's just a good guy. And he, like, he knows his stuff and he's egoless and he's the kind of guy you want on your team for a lot of different reasons. So he showed in his limited time, uh, the, the uh, rehearsal thing we did with him and the game we did with him that uh, he caught on very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, no, no one's born knowing everything. This is a learning curve, like any other job, any other profession, and it's not a, it's not to be taken lightly. It's not a it's not a hobby. It's a profession. There's a difference, and I want our people to understand that, and they do. So I think he's got great things ahead of him. I do, but you know, it's like anything else. He's got to work. He has to put in the time and the energy and the work, and I know he will to get better because it's about reps. It's about getting repetition. The same thing with with Carlos. Carlos had a different mountain to climb because of the, the situation in Houston. And he addressed it honestly and candidly and openly, which I give him a lot of credit for. It was, I mean, he, he opened a lot of eyes with what he had to say about that and how he addressed it. He handled himself quite, quite magnificently, I thought. And um, in terms of, uh, you know, his ability to be a broadcaster, I think he's got a lot of talent. And, I, you know, I think he made a mistake. Uh, and, you know, and, and getting the, the judge situation not exactly appraised properly. And that was too bad. But the reality is that we, a lot of people make mistakes. It's how you come back. And we all fall. How you get up matters, too. And uh, so he made a mistake. It's fine. It's, uh, it's not the end of the world. It's not not something you want. But but he'll learn from it and he'll move on and he'll be great. I really think I mean, I'll double down right now on Carlos Beltran right now. I'll double down and tell you he's going to be great. That's what I believe. And I'm not saying I've got a, a handle on who's going to be great or who isn't, but my track record with talent is usually pretty good in terms of the talent I've worked with or, or, or pushed or you know, advanced. And, you know, most of them have been turned out to be pretty big names. And, I, you know, I know what I'm watching. 
and I see I see a lot of goodness, a lot of a lot of talent in both Carlos and uh, and Cameron. Yeah, well, I'd echo those statements. And for me, Maben is just oozing charisma. Um, and, and I can't help but smile when I see him because he's always smiling and his smile is contagious. It's infectious. This oh, is totally. Was it, wait, was it infectious or contagious? That's a, I, I, one sounds I, good. It sounds like I think it's contagious is probably safer. <laughs> and then infectious. Well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's um, put, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. It's a positive thing. And for Beltron, I really respect him, especially he came out on center stage with Michael Kay. And, and to own that scandal the way he did, I thought that was big of him. Um, I thought he did a good job in his first uh, his first go. You know, you could see it clicked. It clicked in like the third inning. He got better. He got better as a one than you know, uh, you know, the little mistake notwithstanding, he we actually did very well. So, you know, and we look forward to him. I look forward to to, to the work that the potential that both of them have is great. And if you could start in a way where you're not, you know, you're not coming out of Mariana's trench where you've dug yourself a, you know, a, 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 like this incredible hole. No, neither one of them have. I mean, they're, they're starting from a place of, of, of good work and they're just going to get better and stronger as they get more repetitions and they get to know our people more. And we have the best people. We just do it. Yes. And they're generous and helpful, whether it's Michael Kay or, you know, or, or it's, you know, it's David Cohn, or we haven't seen much of Paul's time, but John Flaherty, everybody has really contributed and really helped them to make life easier for them and to, to sort of help ease their transition from the field to the booth. Well, we brought up uh, the Aaron Judge contract negotiations a little bit. Uh, I want to dive into that. Earlier this spring, it came out that the Yankees and Judge were at the negotiating table for a long-term deal. Um, that obviously has yet to happen. Uh, it may have happened now. We're, we're recording Thursday afternoon, so it may have happened while we're recording. Um, perhaps the rain, there's some blessing for the rain. Um, but what this means is that if they don't come to a deal soon, he, he may just go to free agency. Your thoughts on that? Good. I mean, he could. I mean, he look, his attitude might be, again, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him, uh, so I don't really know what his, his mindset is on this. Other than to say that, you know, listen, he's um, he. I know he wants to be a Yankee. I know he's told everyone around the organization and the team and for people he knows in the business. He's told them he wants to stay with the Yankees. That's the first order. But you know, it's business. And if somebody's going to give him a bigger contract, a much bigger contract, he may look and say, "Look, it's my one chance. I'll be thirty-one years old, but I'm a free agent," which is obviously something you have to consider too about free agency, about the age, and. You know, what are you paying for? I mean, he's he's really doubling down now. He's betting large that he's going to have a big year, which he could very well have. And he should, the Yankees need him to have a big year. If he has a big year, if he has a judge, judge, judging kind of year, you know, whatever that is, a big, big year. Um, you know, obviously his price in free agency will be will be dramatically increased. If he has a down year or gets hurt, then that's going to hurt him. He's not going to be able to command the money or the years that he may have wanted. Either case, he's going to get money or years. He's going to get something. It's just a question of how many years and how much money, but it's going to be significant. And even if he has a mediocre year, say he has a mediocre year, he's still going to get paid. He's still going to get some years. So you know, he's in kind of in a win-win situation. It's just a question of how big the win is going to be. But he realizes that also, I mean, if all things are relatively equal, even close, New York's the place to be because of all the endorsements, because of the Yankees. There's a lot of reasons to want to stay in New York. And I know he likes the organization. He respects the organization and they want him. So there's a, there's a mutual little love thing going on, but they got to figure it out. It's business. If he hasn't signed yet, he must, 
feel amazing. His body must feel amazing. He must just be in this great headspace heading into the 2022 season, which has to make Yankees fans excited, um, whether or not he's here long-term or not. What I love about Judge is um, he's a leader. Now, I haven't been in the clubhouse as much as I was in the past, um, but I do know from what I have seen, he is a leader with this team. And he's not like the fiery type of leader. He's not Thurman Munson or Dustin Pedroia. The leaders come in all shapes and sizes. Um, and he does it with his actions, not even his words, but his actions. And I mean, like, like Derek Jeter type actions, meaning Jeter said nothing. Jeter never said a single thing. I don't care what anyone says, but you know what he did? He stood by his locker after every single game. And that's what judge does. And that's a leader. Also gives out praise. He praises his teammates. Remember, we've talked about this before. You have to be able to, you, uh, I mean, John Lindner talks about this all the time. He talks about, you know, praising, praising others and uh, you know, give credit where it's due and, and take response, give credit, take responsibility. It's so important. Give credit, take responsibility. And uh, it's true. You know, you, you got to give credit. He does it all the time. He also takes responsibility. Even when it's not his responsibility, he takes it. So that to me says he's got a lot of leadership talent and the players really do rally around him. And that's an important part of this process is you know, the, the, the cultural aspect of this, how the Yankee clubhouse is, is you know, built and how it operates is a lot of it is on the, the, the sort of the, 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 the arm and the back and the shoulders of Aaron Judge. All right, switching gears a little bit. What are your thoughts flip on this new left side of the infield with Josh Donaldson at third? And Isaiah Kiner Falefa at short. Say the short stuff again. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. People are Say calling that. him IKF. Say it three times. Yes. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. IKF. Yeah, I prefer IKF. Yeah. So do I. I love IKF. I do. As a I player do. at short. I'll tell you what. He's a really good defensive player. He's a really good shortstop, and I think the Yankees will – that alone will help the team, the solidification of that position because, you know, with all due respect to Torres, he was not a shortstop. And he, and he played it, you know, sometimes like – I don't want to say it would be detrimental to him. I would just say that he played it in a way that was not the way the position should be played. So, you know, he did the best he could, and he was a great little stopgap. But the reality is he was not a shortstop. So now they've got a real shortstop, you know, which will take it over for a couple of years. And until if they wanted to, to the development of the, the, all the shortstop that they've drafted, number one being Anthony Volpe, who's going to be a big star and had big spring training, by the way. So, you know, the Yankees see that, and this is a great player to have. And then, by the way, if they decide that they want to move Volpe to third, Donaldson leaves and Volpe's ready, maybe he goes place third. I mean, there's a lot of mixing and matching you can do when you come up as a shortstop. You have a lot of flexibility because you should be able to play third for sure. And second, which is a lot different. Second is hard, though, if you're a shortstop because the ball comes at you from a different angle. When you're playing the between the short and third positions, you know, the ball it comes at you at third base in a similar way, which comes to you at shortstop. When the ball is hit off the end of the battle, hit it solidly, what swirls away, it slices from you at second base. So it's got a different movement on it entirely. So a lot of people don't realize that, but it's true. And anybody who's played that played the game and played the positions will tell you that that's true. But you know, it's it's still it's still a situation where the Yankees have improved themselves by doing that, leaving Torres at second base, put, putting, you know, uh, IKF 
uh, at the at the short, which I think is going to be is a really good acquisition. And Donaldson Donaldson could still play. You know, I don't know that he's the MVP Donaldson, which he was, but but I will tell you this: I think he could still play, and if he stays healthy, he could be a nice contributor to the Yankees. That bat is important, particularly in the stadium, Yankee Stadium. He did really well in that ballpark, really well. So with pull, the pull power being what it is, he's got it. So I, I think he could do well there, and I I, uh, I, I and he plays good defense, and he's a tough he's a tough tough leader. And sometimes you need a little tough love on these teams, and then he'll give you that. So I, I like him from a lot of it's again it's health. It always comes down to health, age, injury, you know, history of age, injury, whatever. Those are the things that they have to guard against and, and, and help them and hope that everything goes their way because if it doesn't, then they're not going to get a lot. But let's, but for the time being, if you keep your fingers crossed, he, he stays healthy, he can give you a nice contribution. What do we always say? Stay on the field. If he stays stay on the field. S O F. S O F. That doesn't roll off your tongue. S O T F. I guess to be absolutely correct. A hundred percent. So, STP is the racer's edge. Remember that commercial? No. That STP oil filters and things. You're too young for that stuff. No. You don't remember that stuff. You know? No. You know? On the day that you were born, the angels got together and decided to create a dream come true. <laughs> so, this week, you know, my, uh, yeah, I used to sing that to one of my little kids when they were little kids. Now you said that to your uh, grandkids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the flip side of that deal. Yes. How how do you feel about the end of the Gary Sanchez era? Really? Really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I mean, he just was not getting it done the last few years, and you know, he was it was torturous to see how I mean, he was trying. It wasn't he wasn't trying, it just wasn't working, and the fans were just merciless on him, and and. Uh, you know, and the papers were merciless on him. Everybody was merciless on him. And, you know, and then every time it'd be a pass ball, the pitchers would get upset. And, you know, it just was it's just one of those things that just wasn't working for anybody anymore. And it, it was just really strange because he started off so well. He's the first two years. Everybody said, this, this guy's trending Hall of Fame kind of stuff. He could catch, you know, whatever. It turned out that he really wasn't a very good catcher at all. He could frame a little bit. He had a great arm. Still has a great arm. So maybe he should do something with that arm. But uh, in terms of his ability to actually catch the ball, it wasn't there. And uh, and a lot of critical mistakes in big parts of games. Balls drop, pop ups not caught, you know, balls not blocked. I mean, in critical situations. So it also it seems like the ball finds you. Or the old adage about the ball finds you that, that you can't hide from it, and he couldn't hide from it. So it was time to, to make a move. And he's going to be a free agent after this year anyway. So the Yankees got what they could get and made the best deal that they could. And hopefully he'll be better in a place like Minnesota, which is a little lower key, you know, and could use his bat among other things. See, the thing about his bat, and this is after a considerable amount of thought. I put a lot of thought into this. Yeah. He's valuable. Let's use last year as an example. He's valuable 23 times a year. Those are his home run swings. And many of them are clutch. But that's really it. Because like you said, he can't catch and he couldn't hit. So you're waiting for those 23 swings over the course of a season. He had 440 at-bats. So what do you see? A thousand pitches on the low side. And you're yeah. hoping that you only get in 23 swings that are, that are good. It was just too much for me at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that was the realization was it was enough. It was time to move on. And you know, sometimes people need a change of scenery, someplace a little lower key. Listen, Sonny Gray's in Minnesota too. Right? So, you know. Right, right. They picked well, Minnesota, I like Minnesota. Yeah, but it's a lower environment. It's a lower key environment than New York. You know, it's not the same environment. And, you know, yeah. you need to thrive there. So maybe they went to the right place. I still don't think they're going to win the Central, but I like them. Who? The Twins. They're not going to win the Central. No, I have them third in the Central. You do? Who do you have first and second? White Sox? Who else? White Sox, Tigers. Tigers are a good pick. I mean, the Tigers are my, like, my dark horse. I mean, then I go into the World Series, but this is going to be the year they really they kind of bust out because a lot of these prospects now are not prospects anymore. They're, they're, they're players. So, I mean, Torkelson particularly is going to be, be very interesting. Of you know, what yeah. he's able to do, but they got a lot of young talent, and then it's going to start seeing it now. So we kind of stumbled into predictions. Do you want to go there? Do you want to do sure. some predictions? Sure. AL East. I have the Yankees at the top. It sounds like you don't. No, Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central. You said you have the Sox. Yes. Uh, AL West. Throws, but but there's going to be. You know, look, Seattle won 90 games last year. It got better now. Seattle's going to be interesting. Um, Texas is going to be improved. I mean, they, were, they weren't very good, but now they'll be decent, but they're still not going to be great. They still have enough pitching, but they'll be better. That's a very interesting division, too. They got a lot of talent in that division, too. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of lean. I, I guess I'm going Strohs. You know, I guess I am. I mean, Oakland is done there. They can't do very much there. So I, I go Strohs. Rose, me too. And then the Mariners. Um, yeah. A's will struggle to win 60. Yes, they'll, they, they, they're going to have a hard time. Unfortunately. All right. And at least. Well, you know, if you told me about a month ago, I probably would have said, believe it or not, it would have gone Mets because of the pitching. You know, especially when they got Bassett. You know, you looked at it and you said, like, that's, that's solid starting pitching with DeGrom and, and, uh, you know, shares and pass it. And, you know, I really like that. I like the position players, you know, and Lindor is going to have a bounce back year for sure. And you got Buck, which is, you know, Buck is a secret weapon. He just is, you know, so I like the Mets, but what just happened, you know, with, you know, DeGrom now, who knows if he was even going to pitch, throw another pitch in anger, who knows what's going to happen there. So now you got the, the best pitcher in the game of one of them last few years, now you got another question mark, which follows another question mark, which follows another question mark. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Shears is 38 years old, and now he has a hamstring issue, apparently. So those are big problems. I mean, if they can't be who they are or were, that then the Mets are going to be a very different team. They just are. Because to, to lose two starters like that at the top who are Randy Johnson, Kirk Schilling-esque, going back to the Arizona Diamondbacks of the, the turn of the, the, the century, um, I would say, you know, you lost two major talents and they're going to be a different team because of it. I mean, they've got some guys who can hit and do this or that. I mean, I, I like them. They also have an owner who's you know willing to spend whatever he needs to spend, I think, to, to do what they need to do because they really need to do a lot. Um, but it's their chance to challenge the Yankees. You know, they want to challenge the Yankees for the city and they have a shot at it if everything breaks right. But everything has to break right. And those guys have got to come back and pitch to the, the back of their baseball cards. And I don't know that they can. So, uh, so that put that prediction to me. And I'm going to have I'm switching gears to go to Atlanta now. I'll go back to Atlanta because there was either them or the Braves. I saw it. Now I'll go with the Braves now. I'm doing the same. Braves, Mets, then the Phillies. Yeah. Um, Phillies have to catch the ball. Phillies have the worst defense, worst defensive teams I've ever seen. 
impossible. I mean, you're terrible. You're oh, terrible. Poor Girardi. He must be going nuts. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love Joe. He's one of my favorite people, but he's Joe, you know. Uh, I Yeah, I say, sure. I say he's going to have his hands full with that team because, you know, again, that they keep adding people to that, to that team who can hit, and their offense is already like murderer's row. They just can't catch the ball. I mean, let, like, and their bullpen couldn't get anybody out last year. Bullpen's got a little bit better, but it's not good. So if you can't get people out and you can't uh, you can't catch the ball, that's not a good sign for your pitching. You're starting pitching too. If you starters can't get guys out because nobody can catch the ball, you get the other team four and five outs, and then that's not a good thing either. No. They got no. Their hands All right. Out. Who do you have in the central? This one's hard. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, who do you have? I have the Brewers and the Cardinals. I'll go with the Brewers. You know, I, I like the Brewers too. Brewers are always good because they've got they, they have what it takes to stay in there always, you know. And I love Yelich. I've always loved Yelich. Yelich has turned out to be a big time player and they got a good manager. You know, Councils is one of the best managers in the game. So, I I, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I think that's a good pitching. You know, they had some issues last year. Some guys got hurt a few things and they got bounced early, but they're a better team than they showed from a year ago. And uh, I like them. I, I think that's a good pick. And uh, you'd be crazy not to pick the Dodgers in the West, right? You'd be crazy, but I will tell you this. Somebody's got to finish behind them. And, you know, and I'll tell you, the team, you know, the, the Padres really intrigue me. Oh, because, they are, yes. Because, you know, they've added, they keep adding these nice little pieces, like getting Mike Minaya from from Oakland, from the A's. It's a big pickup. He's a really good pitcher. Oh, Sean Minaya, yeah. Yeah, he's a really good starting pitcher. So I, I like him. And I like the I like I already like their team. The team had a bit of a collapse second half. They lost a lot of games they shouldn't have lost. If injuries, if Tatis stays healthy, Tatis is a great, not a good player, he's a great player. You know, Machado had a nice year. You know, he's but it's interesting. Tatis has become what Machado was supposed to be in terms yeah. of production on the field. Although Machado has contributed, I can't say he's been not a good signing. It's just an expensive signing, but he's been good. Uh, but you know, you put putting that talent in there and. Uh, you know, I mean, we you know we talk about free agency and teams like that. There's a team that you would would run after Aaron Judge in a minute. Be the Padres. Yeah, I have Padres above the Giants at this point. Yeah, I do too. And yeah. uh, you know, the Giants have had their you know their big run, and I they had a great year last year, but they've lost a lot of pieces are gone now. So I mean, and the Diamondbacks are horrible, and you know, so I I would go. Uh, yeah, I would I could see it that way. I mean, the Padres are not the Dodgers; they're not there yet, but they're not that far away. They're a piece or two away. If we're really giving them a hard time, they're going to give them a hard time anyway, but they're just not as good as the Dodgers. But they're good. They're in the playoffs for sure. Just not maybe winning the division. Right, right. So I know we're all over the place, but I want to actually go back to Yankees opening day. Yeah. Because this just popped in my head. I'm looking at the Yankees roster right now. Does DJ LeMahieu, he's not in the opening day lineup, right? I don't know. I haven't seen the, the, the lineup card for tomorrow, but... Uh, they could put him anywhere they want. I mean, that's the beauty of DJ now is he becomes that, you know, we always use the expression, I always use the expression like Swiss Army Knife or, you know, uh, you know, Zobrist, Zobrist, the player Zobrist, the infielder who was good play everywhere, yep. uh, infield, outfield, did everything but pretty much pitch. Uh, he is really like that kind of talent and he can play everywhere except maybe pitch and catch. Uh, so that, he plays first, he plays second, he plays George, he plays third, he plays any of the outfield positions. That makes him invaluable to the Yankees because he's that he's a way of resting a player without having to take the DH spot up. 
So he could he could actually fill in and every, almost every he could play almost every day of the week if he wanted to, if they want him to, just filling in and giving somebody a rest at a position. So that makes him invaluable in terms of his strength and ability off the bench. You know, it's just and he will contribute. He will be he could be a weapon that way. So the, the fact the fact he doesn't really have a home is because the Yankees don't, don't want him to have a home right now. They want they think his value is really in just being able to be the utility that he gives them. So I'm going to run down this Yankees team real quick. Bear with me. First base, Rizzo. Second base, Glaber. Shortstop, IKF. Third base, Donaldson. Left field, Gallo. Center field, Hicks. Right field, Judge. DH, Stanton. Catcher, Higashioka. On the bench, you have DJ LeMahieu and Marwin Gonzalez. I might move my seven to an eight. That's a great team. It could be. I love it. it. I mean, it could be. I mean, I think I love it. You love it. Because, I, so. um, I mean, guys are going to stay on the field, though. Yeah. Well, Rizzo, he's going to be fine, right? That's... I'm not really thinking about Rizzo so much as I am. Like, Stan stayed on the field most of last year and had a big year. Got to stay on the yeah. field. Gallo yeah. has to stay on the field. Gallo has, Gallo has some things to prove. You know, a couple of I feel really good about him. He came in with like this personality this spring that I didn't know he had. Yeah, he's got a personality for sure. He's just got to have enough confidence. I don't. I think New York kind of gave him a hard time, and I don't know what his confidence level was like last year. But I think hopefully it's back and he can play the level he's supposed to. Uh, and you know, Hicks has got to stay healthy. Those are, the Yankees have to stay healthy. Like a lot of teams, it's always about injury. But the Yankees have a disproportionate amount of guys who get hurt, so they got to stay. They got to stay on the field. If they do that. They could, they could, the Yankees have a really chance to be a really good team if they stay on the field and they stay healthy. And again, they don't have a big margin for error here. They don't. But if they could do those things, those intangible things, not intangible, they could do those, what it takes to win, which is stay on the field. They, they have a shot. It's a very, very tough division. And those, I mean, one of those games is going to matter in the American League East. Uh, sometimes you get away with, well, you know, I don't have to win every game in my division because you know, this is going to come down to because these teams are so even uh, near the, the, the Yankees from one to four, the spread is really quite, quite, quite quote, close. It is. So you're going to have to have um, something in there that's, that's a determinant that, that will give you the division one way or the other. And it may come down to tiebreakers. Who knows what it comes down to? But so that's why you got to win as many games as you can in your own division. Off the wall question. Give me a surprise this year. Give me something that nobody else sees coming. I want to run this back in October and everyone be like, oh, wow, Flip said that. I have the, I have the, the surprise, but I'll let you go. <laughs> it's your show. Yeah, I know, I know it is. Uh, well, I can't do the surprise yet. Um, so let's go with the, the second place surprise. All right. Um, what do I see? That the Padres can beat the Dodgers? Oh, okay. You don't seem confident in that. I'm confident. Oh, and mine isn't what you think it is. But yeah, go ahead. Um, you don't seem confident. Oh, I, I, no. The, the, you asked me what's a surprise? I yeah. think the Padres could beat the Dodgers. Oh, that is a surprise. You know, I, 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 you know, again, they have to have everything break right. The Dodgers have to have a few injuries, a few other things. But the reality is, it's possible because I, I, 
you know, look at what the Giants, the Giants played the Dodgers pretty even last year. I mean, very even, right? So to the end. Mm-hmm. So you look at that. I mean, as a matter of fact, the Giants won the division. The Dodgers were, were a wild card. Oh, right. So I would say they won the play to me, but they beat them. So, you know, and but so the fact that the Dodgers, please, the Dodgers are invincible. They're not, not at all. They're a very good team, an excellent team. And they don't have a lot of holes, but there are holes. And, you know, if you, if you, if depends obviously on the year the Padres have, but, yeah, but their pitching is solid. The starting pitching is solid now. They've got the offense, they've got defense, got a good manager. They got a lot going there. It's a good fan base, very supportive fan base now. So I think they're the it's always an interesting franchise to me. Now it's more interesting because of what happened in the, the offseason. So I I'm I'm gonna say that, that that could be that could be a big surprise because nobody's picking them to win. And, and, and I get why they could, but but I will tell you this anybody who misjudges them doesn't think they're a good team or make a mistake. Are right, you ready for mine? You're gonna clip mine off in October. You might clip mine off in August yeah. and be like, wow, let's run this back. Yeah. Carlos Correa will be a Yankee by the end of the season. The Twins are going to be out of it. They're wow. going to expect that he's going to opt out at the end of the year. Yeah. So they're going to want to get something for him. Because he has that opt out at the end of the year. They look to unload him and he's in pinstripes. Boom. Mark it down. All right. Let me give you a counter to that. Okay. Carlos Correa does say he doesn't have a Carlos Correa type year. It's an okay year, but not a great year. And therefore, if he doesn't have a great year, he's not going to opt out if he has a like a, a mediocre plus year, an okay year, he, because then he's not going to get the money. The only way he opts out is if he has a really big year and says, see, I've reestablished my market value. Now I'm worth what I thought I was worth that I didn't get from the twins. Now I can get from somebody else. Then he opts out. I mean, if I, that's my sense of it. So... You know, I, I'm not arguing with you the point that, you know, he'd be he's an interesting story and that would be great. Interesting that he could be a Yankee, it's possible. But I just don't see that only because he, the only way he leaves is if he's had a monster year and then he's going to want to test the market to see what's out there. So yeah. and it's up to him. He has the, it's his option. It's not the club option. It's his option to leave. Yeah. yeah. So he's only going to leave if he's had a big year and he thinks he's going to make more money and be very, because that's the only reason he made that deal to begin with was they were willing to pay him a pretty substantial amount of money. And he was able to sort of say, okay, I could go a year at a time here and I'll wait to see when the market gets better and there's more money coming back in the game. Maybe that can mean a few more million to me in my career, whatever it is going to mean to him. And I'll, I'll take that. I'll be able to you know, leverage, uh, you know, leverage this into that. But if, but he's having a, if he's having a, a subpar year, even though I say, well, they, they, maybe the twins overpaid him. I'm not going to pay him any more money, and therefore, where's he going to go? So anyway, so it's one of those kind of things. But it's an interesting. It's an interesting idea for sure, Kevin. I'm going with it. Um, yeah. Speaking of surprises, should we pay off our tees from earlier in the show? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I have to do it. I think. Yeah, you I, guess I, I guess yeah. I should. Right. Um, okay, so I can announce that here on the 70th episode of Curtain Call, um, that this is my final episode of Curtain Call. Um, I will be leaving the show. And after 14 plus years at the Yes Network, I've also made the difficult decision um, and bittersweet decision to uh, resign from my position at the Yes Network. Yeah, I am. Uh... So it's not a surprise to me, obviously, because I knew. 
It's tough. I mean, it's tough. I, I wish you, obviously, I love you, and I wish you nothing but great things. You're a terrific human being and a, been a friend for a long time here. We've worked together a lot of projects, not just this. Uh, you know, I didn't know how this thing was going to work out when John Lindner encouraged me to do this thing. I wasn't sure that as much as I would love, want to love to do it, I didn't know that I could be in this position to do this. And I needed the right person to be able to bounce things off of and get along with. And we couldn't have picked anybody better than you for that. Um, I will miss you like my right hand and my left hand, um, which is a lot because I need my hands. So I would say it's considerable missing somebody. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I know you'll be successful in your, your new role, your new job. Um, and we all wish you a lot. Yes, we all love you and wish you nothing but great things. And, uh, you know, and that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's the way it should be. And I, I thank you for everything you've done for the company and also everything you've done for me personally. So you'll be very missed. But I know what, you and I will see each other at some point in life again. So I know that. So that's it. It's very tough. It's very tough. Now, you're making me emotional now. Um, yeah. All right. I uh, I don't want to say you're like a father figure because some of the things that come out of your mouth aren't things that a father should say to their son. Um, but you are in, in many ways a father figure. Um, and, and what you've done in terms of being a mentor for me over the years will never be forgotten. Um, and whether you like it or not, you have a friend for life. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Thank you very much. I uh... Thank you. Um, but this is not about me, it's about you. So, um, yeah, the emotional stuff. It's uh, you work with people and you think you'll work with them forever. And sometimes that's not in the cards. But you, but you say, you know, um, but you know, you learn from everybody you work with. If, you, if you're good at what you do, you learn something from everybody you work with. Sometimes it's a question of obviously what's really good about them and you learn what's to do. And sometimes you learn what not to do from people because they conduct themselves in a way that's probably not the way they should conduct themselves. And you learn those things too. And, um, you know, I could say for sure that everything I've learned from you was sort of the right way to conduct yourself as opposed to the wrong way to conduct yourself. And that's, that's saying a lot. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I always tell my boys, I, there's a person in our business named Sean McManus, who's a very good friend of mine, been for many years. When he goes back to NBC, I've known him I've known Sean 40 something years and he's the chairman of CBS Sports now. And um, he was a guest on one of our shows early, very early on, one of our early shows. And uh, he's a really wonderful guy. And I always say uh, to my kids, I say, I want you to grow up and be like Sean. You know, Sean has got a way about him. It's just, just it's hard to find people who have that kind of way about them. But, it's, uh, but he does, he has a remarkable way about him. And uh, you know, you are one of those people as well. You have a remarkable way about you. People tend to gravitate to you and then uh, you know, want to listen to you and want to support you and want to be around you. And, and that's an invaluable asset. You just don't find that in people. In fact, you find it in very few people who put you like that. And uh, that's an invaluable asset that has served you well in life and will continue to serve you well. I mean, you're a, first and foremost, we'll, we'll put all your talent aside and other things aside. You're a very good human being and that matters a great deal in life. And it's the only thing that matters in life, to be honest with you. All this stuff just comes along with it if you're fortunate. But, uh, you know, to be respected and admired for what you do and how you do it speaks to character and you have a lot of character. Well, I appreciate that flip. I will undoubtedly miss you. I will miss the show. Um, you know, I love you. Uh, and like I said, this isn't, this isn't goodbye. What is but, it? Um, it's not goodbye. It's, well, it's goodbye for the show. <laughs> What's going to happen to the show? I don't know. I mean, I haven't really thought about it. To be honest with you, people have asked me 
who have had an idea that this was happening, you know, and yes. And I said, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I don't know to say, um, you know, meet to me. It's a matter of, I mean, a lot of reason I did this was because I had so much fun doing it with you. We just had laughs and it's so much fun and we just enjoyed it. And that was a lot of it. It was, it was an excuse for us to have fun was doing this show. So, you know, I hope that, you know, we, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Kevin, this is, we have so much going on. Yes. The job is so demanding. And uh, there's just so much work that's involved in our positions and and in other things that we do inside the company. So, you know, it's it's sort of sometimes we have to stretch you and I to find the time to do this. And of course, we could say we do a show and we have to wait another week to do it because we were so busy doing what we needed to do. So, you know, it depends. But I right now I'm not my head isn't right in it to even consider it. So maybe as time goes along, I'll, I'll consider it. I'll see where my head's at and we'll take it from there. But I but I doesn't replace the fact or change the fact that uh, I love you and you're very do be very missed here. Well, thank you. Uh, feeling is mutual. Whatever you decide, I'll be watching and cheering on from from a bit of a distance. I'm hoping it it goes on because I'd like to hear you every week. Um, well, we up you know on the phone, and I could like we do a show for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember when I said that the things that come out of your mouth? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I can't record that stuff. No, you can't. But uh, but, yeah, but we've. We've had a lot of fun, and it just stuff that just happened. And I've started to think about some of that stuff now. But to me, we didn't say we, I guess it exists somewhere, but I'm absolutely not going to go back in archive and find it. But, but I'm just saying, some of the stuff we said and did was just outrageous for you know, just within the, in the name of fun, it was just outrageous. Think about you know. just all the places we recorded from like hospitals, living rooms, yeah. offices. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. You know, I mean, I'm now in a, I'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm renting a like a this. It's a cottage, but it's it's not as idyllic as a cottage. It's just like three floors, and these floors are each very small, and it's a place well, well, well they rebuilt my house, which got destroyed, as you all know. Most of who listens to this knows, and in a hurricane, the September first, that are about the idea. It's not a fun getting to the point where it's nearly finished to be another month or so, and I could be back at my home for like nine months. It's been in my house. I mean, are you kidding me? It's, it's eight months, whatever. It's been ridiculous. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a lot of different places recording, and then a lot of different injuries <clears throat> through the uh, last you know two years or so. So you get older, things happen to you, I guess. And uh, so I've been uh, not, not been spared those things, but. But you know, it's just made for interesting recordings and some fun places to do stuff. And I mean, I was in the middle of a wedding once. So we would record it in the middle oh, of a yeah, wedding. Remember that? <laughs> I'm sitting in a room. We're doing the show. People are walking in and out. They're asking me where the, you know, I don't know where the where the where the Venetian hour was. You know, where the ice cream was and the and the pastries and what's oh, over there? That, that some guy came over, gave me a pastry. It was great. Yeah, I forget what it was. It was like a tortellini. It's not, not tortellini. That's a pasta. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So we want to put a guest in there. Guys asking where the men's room is. I mean, this all happened when we were on air. So it was kind of fun. I mean, it was like, where else could that stuff happen? And you, you, you treat it with the absurdity that it deserves because it's absurd. But, you know, the, but that's the fun part of life is, you know, you take your, you should take your work seriously. But don't take yourself so seriously. Just don't. I don't take myself all that seriously. I'm a little bit seriously sometimes, but but honestly, not that much. Gets all things considered, and I uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for that because, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. You gotta, you know, you have to sort of live and live and move. We have to navigate this together, you know. 
But uh, anyway, I'm I could, like I said, I couldn't pick a better partner. And I'm very grateful to you. And, and also like a very good Miss Dan Bassone, who's uh, working today's show. I really like Danny Alana. EJ, you can work for us, did a nice job. You know, the girl who went, who went skiing in, in Sacramento. Oh. Yeah, what very, was her name? I can't remember. She's a really nice girl. She worked for us for a little yeah. bit. Uh, what was her name? It's escaping me. Very nice girl. Dan, do you remember? Uh, Jason Marshall worked for us for Jason a Jason Marshall, yeah. Big shout out to Dan Bissone, obviously, producer of today's show. So Jason Marshall, because he's, he's in a witness protection program somewhere, no doubt. He is. <laughs> Rightfully <laughs> so. Rightfully so, no doubt. But uh, no, I'm kidding. He, he got out of that program a while ago. But, but uh, <laughs> he's a good guy. And uh, we wish him well. Everybody worked with us. We had fun with. That was the end of the, the thing is we just enjoyed ourselves. You know? So I, I guess in the words of the great Ashley Fugazi, we should land the plane. One last time. Let's land this thing. All right. So the words of the great Ashley Fugazi, it's time to land the plane for my good friend Kevin Sullivan. I'm John Filippelli and Dan Persone and all of us here at Curtain Call. Thank you for it. Hopefully we'll see you down the road a little bit. But if we don't, then uh, thank you for your patronage. And thank you for listening. And thank you for being part of our little family. Um, hopefully we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.